The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Um, how am I now? I'm glad I asked. I, I think I'm doing all right. The Montreal Canadiens, they get a big win. They beat the New Jersey Devils 7-4 to in New Jersey. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and uh, that could not have possibly gone any better. I don't think. If you have a peek at the shots on goal in that game, uh, I mean, it was 37-26 to 26 in favor of the Devils. You would, if you if you had not watched that game, you didn't know the score, you didn't know how it went, you would assume the Devils are going to win that game. Uh, but great game from Jake Allen and the Montreal Canadiens capitalizing on their chances. So how did this happen? How did, how did the last place team in the league manage to score seven goals in a game? Well, for one, it was against one of the other teams occupying the basement of the league not necessarily as deep in the basement as them. But, again, they were very opportunistic. They cashed in on their chances. Good start to the first period. Um, The shot total may have ended up lopsided in favor of the home team, but it wasn't in the beginning. It was pretty even. Uh, Pretty good game going on at the start there. About five minutes into the game, Cole Caulfield gains the line, passes it over to Rem Pitlick. He throws it across to Nick Suzuki. He snipes it. Heavy wrister down low. And on the short side, makes it one nothing for the Habs. A couple minutes later, puck gets up to Jake Evans at the point, And he unleashes a vicious clapper, top cheese, from the point. Jake Evans is a defenseman now, folks. 2 to nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, that two-goal lead was very short-lived, however. Uh, very shortly after that, Dawson Mercer. God, I love that guy. Wish the Habs drafted him. Uh, finds Thomas Tatar near the dot. Uh, he fires it through Jake Allen, makes it 2-1. to one. Late in the period, though, Nick Suzuki throws one of the more beautiful saucer passes that you're going to see in your entire life, and I guarantee you I will put a highlight of that in the article that goes along with this podcast. And it is to Cole Caulfield. And Cole Caulfield going in alone. Yeah, he makes no mistake. Shoots low this time. So all the critics talking about how he shoots up high too often. How about that one? How are you now? It is to 3-1 for the Montreal Canadiens at the end of the first period. Almost said second period there. But don't worry. Plenty more goals to talk about in this one. The Devils, they come out flying in the second period. This is where they kind of took over. And some of that was score effects, but some of that was also, you know, pretty brutal defensive zone coverage by the Montreal Canadiens. Eh, Fire Luke Richardson. More on that later. More on that later. (laughs) Anyways, it is the Jake Allen show in the second period. He's making save after save after save. 
really keeping them in it. At one point, the shots got up to like 21 to 9 in favor of the Devils, really taking it to the Montreal Canadiens and just not able to solve Jake Allen. However, with about five minutes left in the period, AJ Greer solves him, uh, throws a wraparound chance, and it just gets a weird bounce and goes up off Jake Allen's head and into the net and makes it uh, 3-2. to two. We have a bit of a game here, don't we? But a couple minutes later, Chris Weidman finds Joel Armia in the high slot. He goes skate to stick, fires at Bardowski. Doesn't count unless you go Bardowski. Schmelt makes it 4-2 to two in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. So we go into the third period with a two-goal lead. And very early in the third period, Chris Weidman puts one on net. Uh, gets deflected by P.K. Subban, former Montreal Canadiens defenseman into the net, 5-2 to two in favor of the Habs. And then immediately after that, Christian Dvorak, who, by the way, was right in front of the net with P.K. Subban when he deflected in that last goal and was maybe upset about the fact that he got his potential goal taken away from him, gets a beautiful breakaway pass from Chris Weidman, very similar to the Suzuki pass, except for there wasn't any sauce on it. It was on the ice, but a very beautiful pass by Chris Weidman. Sends Dvorak in alone. He makes no mistake. Goes Bardowski himself doesn't count unless you go Bardowski schmelt and it's six to three for the Montreal Canadiens six to two sorry (laughs) uh it did turn six to three very shortly after that though Nico Heischer finds Tyson Smith he beats Jake Allen makes it six to three and then later on Nico Heischer again shot deflects over to Jesper Bratt he puts a weird backhander over Allen's shoulder uh makes it six to four but again short-lived little over six minutes to play in the third period. Kale Clegg, he comes into the offensive zone. Uh, at this point, they had already pulled Andrew Hammond. They pulled him after the Dvorak goal. And Nico Dawes doesn't fare much better. Kale Clegg, from the shittiest angle that you're ever going to shoot from, puts it directly under the arm of Nico Dawes. Chicken wings him. Swiss cheese, baby. Makes it 7-4 for the Montreal Canadiens. And that is your final score. A barn burner. One that is actually won by the Montreal Canadiens for once. Who'd have thunk it? Now, player of the game, I got to get this one out of the way as, as quickly as possible here because, man, there was quite a few options there. Definitely could have gone with Jake Allen, right? Uh, the first period was tight, but the second period was very Devils-centric, right? The third period, a little bit better, but in that second period, the game could have gotten away from them. Jake Allen didn't allow that to happen. Uh, he was incredibly solid, made a number of really good saves, um, can't say enough about his play in that game. Just look at the shot total. Again, like I said, when you get out shot 37 to 26, other team gets 11 more shots than you. Usually that's a bad sign. I played a season of AAA when I was like 13 years old where our coach had a rule that if you didn't get at least 30 shots in a game, your next practice was no pucks for the first 45 minutes. So you got bag skated, basically. You had to put 30 shots on goal every game. Otherwise, bag skate. So... 26 shots, I don't love it. But Jake Allen, he erased any need for them to put up 30 shots, right? They did what they had to do with the shots that they got. And the shots that they got were quality. But the the Devils had quality shots of their own, and Jake Allen stopped, you know, most of them. But I'm not going to give him player of the game. Could have gone with Nick Suzuki or Cole Caulfield or a combination of the two as the Montreal Canadiens did with the Molson Cup, right? But... I'm not going to go in that direction either, even though they were absolute dynamite. I mean, that pass from Nick Suzuki to Cole Caulfield, I could take the gif of that pass and frame it and put it on the wall of my office, and 
I would never get any work done because I would be constantly staring at that beautifully framed gif of Nick Suzuki saucing the puck like five feet in the air and having it land perfectly on the stick of Cole Caulfield only for him to walk in and fire it into the net. I mean, it, it, it was art. Art, I tell you. But I'm not going to give it to either of them either. I got to give it to Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman had three points in that game. He had the assist on the, the Armia goal, and then he had the assist on the Dvorak goal, and he got credit for the goal that went in off of P.K. Subban, so three points. He's been on a point-per-game pace in his last 14 games. Under the radar. I mean, everybody's been talking about Suzuki, Caulfield, um, with, with reason, right? Jake Allen, with reason. But Chris Weidman, flying under the radar, playing some absolutely incredible hockey. And it really showed in the game against the Devils. I mean, the pass that he made on the Christian Dvorak goal, the, the only reason that wasn't like the play of the game is because Nick Suzuki had that saucer pass to Cole Caulfield in the first period. If that pass didn't happen, Chris Weidman would have had the nicest pass of the entire game. Maybe the nicest pass of the week. I don't know. Right? I haven't watched the rest of the games this week. It's only Thursday. We've still got time. We've still got a game on Saturday against the Leafs. Who knows? Maybe somebody's going to beat him. But incredible game from him. And the fact that he's on such a tear, right? I, I was talking about it in the EOTP chat during the game. I was like, I, I really want to sit down and I want to take a look at his stats before and after Martin Saint-Louis took over because I wonder, is he that type of player that just really fits the mold of what Saint-Louis is looking for? And that kind of brings me as, as a good segue to the final thing I wanted to talk about, which was Luke Richardson, right? Because Chris Weidman was the least used defenseman on the Montreal Canadiens in that game. He played 17, 17.07 at even strength. So next up after him was David Savard at 17.46. And then after that, everybody's over 18 minutes, right? Alexander Romanov was the most used at 20 minutes and one second. This all at even strength, right? There was a moment at the end of the game and I'm going to put it in the highlight portion of the article that goes along with this, where after the Habs won, Martin Saint-Louis went over to like Luke Richardson, and he kind of like was shaking people's hands and immediately went over, and he did not look pleased with Luke Richardson for some reason. Now, anybody who's been following this podcast knows that uh, I am no stranger to requesting, nay demanding, the firing of a coach. And Luke Richardson has drawn my ire once or twice. Um, I I don't think that he should stay with the Montreal Canadiens as the, the defense coach. And I wonder, what was that little moment about? Maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe I'm just looking at a, at a video of a guy talking to another guy and I'm seeing it as, ooh, they got some tension. And maybe there's no tension, right? I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to admit that I don't know. And that I, I might have no idea what I'm talking about. I might be looking at a video and seeing something that's not there. But to me, when I look at the biggest problem with the Montreal Canadiens right now, it's, it's not offensively like it was before. Offensively, it was almost a, a bigger problem. And that's why I spent a lot more time screaming into my microphone about firing Dominique Cham because all I saw was complete ineptitude on the offensive, in the offensive zone. And that led to more problems because obviously, you know, you can't sustain any kind of pressure, then you can't score. 
If you can't score, well, you're going to get outscored. So it outweighed the defensive issues to me. But now that he's gone, what I see as the biggest issue is defensive zone coverage and defensive usage. So that's where it ties into Chris Weidman is he was the least used defender. And I don't know. I mean, I just watched Martin Saint-Louis' post-game presser, and he was speaking very highly of Chris Weidman. And I, I just wonder, is there something going on there? Because they mentioned in the press conference when they introduced Martin Saint-Louis as the coach that decisions on the rest of the coaching staff were going to be left up to the coach. And they never said they're going to be left up to Martin Saint-Louis because they don't know if he's going to be back, right? He has that interim tag. But when they say the coach, you know, as far as we're concerned as fans, we have to think that means Martin Saint-Louis because that's his job right now. And it seems, to me at least, like he's done enough to earn that job on a more permanent basis. So I wonder, am I going to get my wish? Are they going to fire another coach? And is it going to be the one that I want them to fire, which is Luke Richardson? I'm sorry, Luke, if you're listening. I'm sure you're not. But if you are, I apologize. It's not that I want your livelihood to be, you know, taken away from you. It's that I love this team and I want to see them succeed. And I think you're hurting them. I mean, when you look at a game where you scored seven goals, seven goals, I mean, out of those seven, what, one of them was was bad. And that was the one allowed by Nico Dawes after they pulled Andrew Hammond. Right? So it's not like they got a bunch of random shots from outside the blue line that went in the net. They were getting legitimate goals, breakaways. Like, they're creating a lot of offensive opportunities. And the RDS broadcast had one of the most eerie quotes, right? Marc Denis was talking about it. I'll say it in English, but he said it in French. He's like, you know, they're the kind of the polar opposite, right? Luke Richardson was a defensive defenseman, and Martin Saint-Louis was obviously a very offensive-minded player. So... You know, he didn't say he's they're going to fire Luke Richardson, but he's kind of putting it out there like, listen, they're not, they don't have the same philosophy. He's not saying to fire him. He's just kind of putting it out there that maybe uh, it's not going to work, right? And if there's one thing we've learned, not to toot my own horn or anything, but when the mainstream media starts saying similar things to what I've been saying, that's usually when it's about to happen. So I don't know. I don't think they're going to do anything until the end of the season, but I think I'm going to get that wish. I think all of the Montreal Canadiens fans who have wanted to see Luke Richardson gone are going to get that wish. I think he'll get another job in the NHL, so I think he's going to be fine. I don't feel bad wishing this on him. I don't, because I think he'll probably get another job. He's going to be just fine. He'll land on his feet, just not with the Montreal Canadiens. Let's get somebody who understands how to utilize the players that we have, how to utilize the players that we're going to have. I mean, we're going to have uh, Caden Gooley coming up next year, right? There's a lot of really good talent coming up on the blue line for the Montreal Canadiens. Jordan Harris, for whatever reason, got scratched in that game. Didn't love that one. I don't know whose decision it was. I don't know if it was MSL or, uh, or Luke Richardson, so I'm not going to put the blame on anybody, but I hated that decision. Um, so, you know, all this to say, and again, that decision not being part of it I, I I just don't want to see him back behind the bench coaching the defense anymore I'm going to end it there because we're running over 15 minutes so c'est une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien 
we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, we will be back for Rivalry Night on Saturday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So stay tuned. And until then, I got my shit.